0: All right, everybody. Uh, it's good to be with you. We are in John chapter 8, and we're continuing our series called uh, Sinew and Bone, which is a weird name, I know. Uh, we're talking about how um, in order for you to move your body from place to place, then like thousands and thousands of your muscles have to essentially like declare war against inertia and gravity in order to like pull your bones and transport, transport your frame from one place to another. And all that movement, that's good for you. But, and here's the point, it's work. Okay. Like it's, it's struggle, it's strain, it's push and it's pull. Okay. But it's also the only way to move, the only way forward. Um, now in, in the same way, uh, Jesus introduces tension and challenge. And he, I man, he like Noses in on our secrets, and he and he pushes against our selfishness, um, and it is a strain. But it's good, and it's the only way to move. It's the only way forward. Um, so that's our that's our overarching theme here. We're gonna uh, be back in John eight now, picking up verse verse twelve. Uh, says this: Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, "This is really significant. I am the light of the world. If you follow me." You won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. That's really significant. Uh, We're going to be coming back to that. But let's keep on reading for now. Verse 13, the Pharisees replied, you're making these claims about yourself. Such testimony is not valid. Jesus told them, these claims are valid, even though I make them about myself, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you don't know this about me. You judge me by human standards, but I do not judge anyone. And if I did, my judgment would be correct in every respect because I am not alone. The Father who sent me is with me. Your own law says that if two people agree about something, their witness is accepted as fact. I am one witness, and my Father who sent me is the other. We'll hit pause there for a second. Um, this is a bit this is a bit crazy sounding, actually. From from Jesus, they say, Hey, where, where are your witnesses for your claims? And Jesus says, basically, well, you know, we need two witnesses. Uh, so I'm one and God in heaven is, is the other one. it's like, okay, cool. So no witnesses. Got it. That's kind of the way that feels. Um, but the truth is, and they knew this, okay. There were witnesses everywhere. There were thousands of witnesses. They they couldn't even control the crowds that were calling him Messiah, and the blind were seeing, and the lame walk, and, and, and the dead are raised, and the poor are are given hope, and and it's everywhere. And actually, the Pharisees themselves were valid witnesses too. So do you remember all those times that they were absolutely furious because Jesus did miracles on the Sabbath, all the debates that they had behind closed doors about how he taught with this incredible authority. They could themselves personally confirm the ever-growing list of like overt, blatant Messiah things that he had done. But they were blinded by their jealousy, so all they had uh, were accusations. Um, so essentially, into that, Jesus says, "Look, I guess I, I guess it's me and my father, and those are the two witnesses, and that, and frankly, that's all I need." Um, now, check out verse, verse 20. And this is right after Jesus says he's the light of the world. Uh, John adds this commentary. Jesus made these statements while he was teaching. This is significant in the section of the temple known as the treasury, but he was not arrested because his time had not yet come. Uh, Okay. So, um, let's, let's geek out together for a second here. Um, This is all happening, stay with me here, um, at the very end of this huge feast called the Feast of Shelters. And it was this huge, uh, week-long celebration uh, where the whole nation remembered how God took care of them when they were uh, in the wilderness. And on the last night of this big festival, um, they went to a very specific part of the courtyard in the temple. Um, And there they built this massive, massive, but actually temporary torch. And so it was 50 cubits or 75 feet high. So this thing was seven stories high with a huge flame on top. Um, And then they partied, literally. All night long. Okay, they the rule was they waited until the first rooster crowed before they stopped celebrating. So it was all night long, and that's how they ended this big festival. All right, now listen, this gigantic torch um, was a reminder of the time that God directed the Israelites with a pillar of fire by night. If you're a Sunday school rat, you'll remember that, and that's what they're celebrating um, in this practice. So picture this with me. Okay. This is how they end the festival. The festival's just ended. It's over. Jesus, um, stands at, and the, the, the text is specific to say this. He stands at the treasury in the courtyard, um, which is exactly where that mega torch was. Okay. And it's just ended. So the torch is still standing, but the flame is out. And then Jesus says this, and this is verse 12. Uh, once again, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Remember, uh, in the wilderness wa- wandering, they still had to walk in darkness. And he's he's speaking into that. He says, look, he, look, I'm the light, he says, of the whole world. And he goes, look, I am that pillar of, fi- of fire that you guys are celebrating. But now I'm beyond that. Now I'm unrestrained. I'm flooding, he says, the whole world. So not just the Israelites, Uh, but the Samaritans and the Romans and the Babylonians. And he says, this thing is for everybody, everywhere. Um, And that's why uh, John adds that after Jesus said this, he's almost surprised. He's like, you know, it's the funniest thing. They actually didn't kill him. They didn't arrest him after that. But the only reason they didn't is because it wasn't yet his time, because he was making this massive, far-reaching statement, a claim of who he was, of God himself. So he says this about being the light of the world, and the thing about light, uh, light is a, it's a, it's a good thing. Um, dark is uh, inherently scary and, and dangerous and off-putting, and so we like the light, um, but it's still problematic light in, in a couple of ways. Most notably, um, it's problematic because it's indiscriminate. Um, uh, by that I mean it, it just lights up whatever is in its path, whether that thing in the darkness wants to hide or not. So in other words, light exposes. It exposes. Um, I uh, I went on a a pretty serious diet a few years ago. Uh, it, was, it was because of a picture that somebody showed me of me. Uh, maybe you can relate to this. Um, this guy he showed me this picture, um, and it was a paper picture. It wasn't on a phone or anything. And he brought me the picture, um, and and he was excited about it because he and I were celebrating in the picture. And the guy was saying, "What a good memory it was." And the whole time I was looking at me in that picture, and I was thinking crap. I like (laughs) I've I've message received. I've, I've got to do something about that. I've got to go on a diet. Um, and so he's like, the guy's talking about putting it on his wall. And I honestly remember thinking that I wanted to rip it from him and like make a run for it. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of a shame because it, it was, it was a good memory until that picture. And now it's a, now it's a bad memory because here's the thing, something got illuminated that I didn't want to see. So we love the light. It's great. It's good until we see something that we don't want to see or that we don't want other people to see. But he's explicit about this. Jesus is the light of the whole entire world. There are no like, pre-negotiated dark corners or black boxes, No, no shadows that he doesn't light up. So everything gets exposed and that's enough to send a lot of people running because Well, frankly, because our secrets hold incredible power over us. Our secrets can keep us from walking in the light and, as he says, the freedom and the life um, that comes with it. So that's the first point of tension that we have with light. Here's here's the second point. And I I want you to notice uh, the only qualifier in Jesus' statement. He says explicitly, if, and it's a big word there, it's conditional, if you follow me. That's the condition. If we follow him, he says, number one, we don't have to walk in darkness, which is an incredible promise, and number two, we will have the light of life. But and he's very clear: you have to follow, you have to go his way, and this is the sinew and bone part. That's the tension, that's the challenge. And I want to be clear about this: that's also the beauty and the freedom and the joy, but it, but it's also the struggle, the tension, the strain, because it's out with our plans. And it's in with his plans. Jesus is clear; he's explicit. We must follow him. All right. Now, let's let's take a minute and think about what it means to like really follow. Um, about that. Okay. We we got a we got a puppy this week, and um, I actually I want to apologize in advance for how many times you're going to have to hear about this dog. Okay. Because when when my kids were little. Um, they said and did lots of crazy things and I was like kind of hesitant to exploit them for sermon material. Um, I had like some modicum of restraint, but I'm, I'm not going to with the dog. He's a dog. So I'm going to talk about it a lot, unfortunately, or maybe it's good. I don't know. But here, here's the first of, of many. Um, (laughs) we went to pick up the dog and I got on my phone, um, and I put the address into maps to get. Directions. Um, Now, (laughs) I am not going to tell you the address that I put in because I am truly ashamed of how far we drove just to pick up a dog. It was ridiculous. All right, I took out my phone, I put in the address, then there was a little pop up that said, Are you sure you want to drive that far just to pick up a dog? And then I said, Yes, fine. And then, miracle of technology, it gave me turn by turn directions to get me where I wanted to go so that so that I could be where I wanted to be okay now same thing on the way home I I told my phone where I wanted to go it gave me directions because that's how directions work all right so there's that now on the way home we discovered that this was the sweetest dog imaginable um and there there he is so, un, like, impossibly adorable and sweet. And here's the thing about him. All he wants to do is be with us, okay? Like, y'all, I thought, seriously, I thought I had a problem being, like, a people pleaser and wanting everyone to like me so much all the time. But the the puppy little little Tyson, we're naming Tyson, um he just takes it to this whole new level. Okay. Like he follows us everywhere. And here's the point. It doesn't matter where we're going because he doesn't care where we're going because all he wants is to be with us. Okay. Now, listen, stay with me here because there's actually a a point coming um, right now. Don't ask God for directions and say that you're following him. Okay. Getting directions from someone is not even close to the same thing as following someone. When you, when you plug in your desired destination, when you um, go to the Lord and you tell Him where you want to go, and then you say, I trust you, Lord, show me the way. Listen, you are kidding yourself if you call that surrender. That's not following. That's not trusting. That's just asking For directions, and here's the thing: I'll take directions from anybody who can show me how to get to where I want to go. I I was thinking about this this week. I stopped at a gas station one time years ago in Sylacauga, Alabama. I got directions from the strangest, most terrifying man I've ever seen in my life. He was carrying a ridiculously large gun. Um, Most of the words that he said were either vulgar or racist or both, I readily admit by the way that I was judging him the whole time and he haunts me to this day. And based on his face, he was only willing to give me directions because he hated me and he wanted me and my preppy shirt out of his town as soon as possible. But, all that, here's the thing. I listened to his directions and it worked. I got to where I was going. Now listen, I am not now this man's follower. I don't follow him. I just got directions. I just got directions. Listen, lots of people go to Jesus with their plans and they say, you know, "I, I would like to get this relationship fixed, or I would like very much to get a promotion, or I would like to reach this goal or solve this problem or whatever it is, okay? So, Lord of all please show me how to get to my destination. And you should show me because I will go wherever you direct because I'm completely surrendered to you. And to that, I say, no, you're not. And here's the thing. Even if that does get you where you want to go, it's still a failure because it won't get you to where he's going. And that's what brings life. Following Jesus is about going where he leads no matter where that is. It's about... It's about setting your plans down and going his way and not your way. And the fact is, that's hard and that's tension and that's strain, it's sinew and bone, but it's also joy and adventure and life and promise. And, and I guarantee you, it is exactly what you want, the hard stuff and all. And I, I think about little, little Tyson, okay, now that's a follower. He doesn't know where we're going. He doesn't even care because all he wants is to be with us. And guys, that's, that's how I want to follow Jesus. Like not this thing where I'm trying to pull him onto my path and I'm, no, it's just, I'm happy to, to just be on his path, not trying to guess, guess, or figure out where that path Leads uh, because I've already got what I want. I want him. I'm content in him. And this is a huge if, but to the extent that I can stay in that place, I'm telling you guys, I have incredible peace. And frankly, when I don't stay in that place, and I just, I'll be honest, like fear. And anxiety take over really quickly. Like when I when I'm trying to set the de- the destination, then the fact that the truth is not like I can't control anything that becomes so incredibly clear, and that's terrifying. And anxiety takes over. But I'm I'm telling you, I'm, I'm assuring you, there is joy. There is real joy in real surrender, guys. So. Jesus' message here is is so clear. He's saying, look, I'm 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 the light of the world. I'm I'm the pillar of fire. I'm your hope and I'm your direction. Even in the darkest of night, I will show you where to go when you don't know where to go. But a couple things we have to take and understand with this. We need to remember. He lights up everything. He lights up the things you want to see and the things you don't want to see. In other words, He's uh, he's not a flashlight, he's a floodlight, you know what I mean? And, and following him, here's the second thing, following him means a whole lot more than hoping he will take you where you want to go. It's not looking to him for direction, it's going with him, no matter where he takes you. And the promises of, of light and life, these incredible promises that he makes in verse 12, um, he's so incredibly clear that those promises are only for his followers, only for the ones who are truly going his way no matter what, when we follow the light of the world. And so, Lord, let that be true of all of us. Amen.